0: Press record, Jay, and then I'll get started. I'll message you with five... Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Leaf Flag, the after podcast of the LFC Red Poets. Tonight, we look back at Liverpool's comfortable 5-2 victory at home against Norwich in the fourth round of the FA Cup. I'm your host, Les Lawson, and I'm joined tonight by Pete Warburton and Ben Kent, Jr., Tommy sends his apologies, he's he's not feeling too good tonight. So he's asked to be left out of the out of out of the selection. So Pete, I'll start with you. On um on the uh, Thursday I think it was when we did the last podcast, we asked to predict the team and me and you both had it going I don't think we got anywhere really near it, did we? We we both got a, a good few
1: right, but it was nowhere near the um. I've I've still, what, Jürgen- yeah, what? I've still got it written down here, actually. um, and one, two, three, four, five. I got six, and a possible seven because I said it could have been Gapo or Gravenberg, and actually both of them started. Yeah, but really, I only got a six and a half if you want, or seven out of ten. I I thought McAllister and Elliot would have started. Um, I think McAllister was nursing a slight knock. Elliott was on the bench, Diaz Ayadin was on the bench, um, and I thought maybe a centre-back Virgil had played from the start, um, where it was actually Quanser who started the game. But yeah, it wasn't a... You were disappointed with the side, and you looked at the bench, and it was very strong, the bench, um, compared to maybe some of the last few games where we've had quite a few of the kids, but... When you look at the way the kids are performing, um, it's no, it's no great hardship when you see the names on the bench, you know.
0: Ben, it was... I mean, I, I didn't think Darwin Nunes would have started today because I thought he would have been his turn for a rest, but Jürgen chose to give Louis Diaz a ref today and start with Darwin. Um, and there was also a star for, for young James McConnell in midfield. We don't think let anybody down... So was there any major shocks in the team that you were expecting to see?
2: Yeah, loads. It was a lot stronger than I was expecting. Um I thought we'd see the likes of Kay Gordon, um, Bobby Clark. I was expecting maybe both of them to start. Um I didn't I wasn't sure if Allison would have started as well. Like I said to my I said to my dad, like i probably would have given Keller her a game just because of the opposition that we were facing. Um, but it was a lot stronger um, than I thought it was going to be. I didn't think we'd see the likes of Ibu. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, no injuries, so no complaints, but um, it's got to the point now with obviously the news that we all got on Friday were, I don't care now, I just wanted to play a strongest team for every game and just absolutely batter everyone inside. but it was a lot stronger than I thought it was going to be in Malaysia. Yeah,
0: Peter was it. A really good start by Liverpool in terms of, you know, we pushed Norwich back. We kept the ball moving around. McConnell made that a really confident start, and you know, it was it was one where you felt watching the game, to, you know, it was only a matter of time before Liverpool got the first goal.
1: Yeah, another quick start, and even before the ball was the. <laughs> You never walk alone. That was serenaded for, obviously, for Jürgen today. Um, You know, there was a few, few bottom lips going by me, I can tell you, in the main stand, you know, when he, when he was on the sideline. But yeah, we started really quickly again, got out the traps well. Um, Similar to the game at Downer Fulham where we kept possession and we kept going side to side, stretching them. And you always felt that there was something coming, you know, pretty quickly, to be honest. There was going to be a goal pretty quick. And, um, you know, yeah, I think they had a couple of little sporadic runs. You know, where they cleared the ball and the the guy who's up front, he used to be at Burnley Barnes. He's a bloody handful, and, hmm. and he can always hold the ball up. You know, but um, yeah, we started really brightly to be honest. And like you say, James McConnell in the middle of the park, he, he had a really good confident start. Um, so yeah, it was. I'm not saying we were sitting up, sitting back, relaxing, saying it. You know, we're going to score straight away, but. I think you could say, in the balance of play, we were going to start creating, you know, creating chances.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't long, Ben, before a lovely pass from McConnell, you know, set up the opening goal for Curtis Jones, who finished nicely at the at the back post, and it was very, it was very good to see, wasn't it? An 18-year-old, yeah, on his full debut, you know, having the confidence to play that type of pass.
2: Very, and it, it just goes to show was it McConnell that put the ball in?
0: Yeah,
2: right, because I thought it was Bradley. Um, and I, I was saying to my dad and the lad who was sitting next to it, the match, we made, These these kids all look exactly the same, they've all you got do. the same hairstyle, yeah. the same build, they all play the same style. And it's obviously a testament to Jergen and what he's doing at Kirby, um, because all of them are coming in and they don't look out of place. Like, just the, the mannerisms, the way they are on the ball and stuff, they never let the head drop. And it, it's nice to see, because we don't have to go back that long for when kids were coming into the team, and they did look out of place. Whereas these lads don't. Um, and I, I, it was a brilliant ball in for, for Jones, who took it really well. Um, and we did start out well. Um, and I think, I must admit, when we took the lead, I thought it would be a lot more comfortable than it was up until half time. Um but the the kids, both of them, really acquitted themselves really well. And to be fair, with McConnell, I before today, I didn't really know what kind of player he was. Um but he looks a decent midfielder.
0: Yeah, Pete, so you know Ben's right, there. You know, when we when we got the first goal there, you thought it was only gonna be a matter of time <laughs> before we got the second and possibly the third before half time, and then Liverpool had a Liverpool had a quick break with with Curtis Jones, and he lost the ball on the edge of their box, and they broke it. To be fair to Liverpool, I thought we recovered really well defensively, and you know conceded a corner, which the first one we defended really well, but the second one sort of brought them an equaliser, and you have to say. It was one hell of a, a delivery from the corner, from you know, from our sort of uh, left-hand side, and you know, it, it, the ball was just saying score, wasn't it? It was a tremendous, it was a tremendous corner, and you know, it's one of them where you can sort of pick the bones out of it all you like, but you know, if Trent was to take a corner like that, we wouldn't be blaming the opposition defence.
1: Yeah, I think just going quickly back to our first goal, I think Curtis may have started that move on the far side from us, and I think he picked the ball up and then he made the run to the back post and his finish was really good. The header was fantastic header. Didn't panic, he didn't try to look back and square the ball. He he, he could only really put it in one place in the corner of the net and it was a good header. But yeah... um. I thought the corner prior to it, I said to the, the lad next to me, well, we know where he's going to put this now. Because it went straight out for another corner. And I said, we shouldn't right. We know where he's going to put it. And, you know, let's defend it. And and, and he actually put it more or less in the same position. But once Gibson got his head to the ball, um, it was never going to be stopped, in fairness. It was a good header. He, he used the pace of the ball and just got he, he, it. He didn't go in
2: off his head, you know? Didn't
1: no, it? it was off
2: his back. It looked like it- well, was it was off like I was. Yeah, he was off his back. Yeah. I'm
1: not oh, seeing. I'm not seeing any the, any of the goals. We'll it, any, I mean, I mean it
2: was still a great finish,
0: like, but he went up to head it. Yeah,
2: remember, yeah. His head was down. Went off yeah. the, off the back of his back. Yeah, but it, it, was, I say, it was the
0: cross. It was the cross that made the made yeah. the goal. Yeah, it was, barely, it was
1: the pace of the. It was the pace of the ball, and he put it more or less bang, slap, bang in the same area. Yeah. And, you know, after they put it in a set, to I told you it was, they should have learned the lesson from the first one, but it was very, it was almost undefendable. It was one of those corners that once you get something on it, you, you're you going to be very, very lucky to, um, you know, to defend it properly. So that was just that 20, 22 minutes to equalise. But once again, you know, someone scores against you and there's no panic. There's no panic in the crowd, there's no panic on the bench and there's no panic on the pitch and you just go again. And um and and so it was. We just picked them picked up again the the um possession football and started having a, a go back at them, you know.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, Pete's right there, Ben, is that you know when we did concede, it was just like, you know, okay, you know, we've conceded the goal, no need to panic. You know, and I yeah. know I know we're only playing you know, a championship side in Norwich, but no matter who they're playing, it's still just exactly the same attitude, isn't it? Okay, we've conceded. Don't let's beat ourselves up. Don't let's panic. Just let's start again, and we'll, we'll create. We'll create some more opportunities. You know, to 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 take the opportunity to take the lead, and that's exactly what happened, isn't it? You know, there was a really good play by by Connor Bradley. You know, and the way he set up the. He out the pass for Darwin to put in the corner. I thought it was an exceptional move and an exceptional finish mm. and another another goal for Darwin which won't do his confidence. Any arm at all?
2: No. I mean <clears throat> our second goal was all about Bradley. Um the way he won the ball back, his his pass and move and then just the the ball um to Nunes. Um it was absolutely brilliant. That's what that's what I mean about these young kids. Um, I know he did very well, didn't he, at Bolton Long Loan last season. Um, but he wouldn't be he's not gonna let us down, is he, if if we need to throw him in again. Obviously, Trent came back on today. Um, but I've been so impressed with him. He's he's almost like a young Rob Jones, the way he plays. And um Rob Jones is my favourite ever Liverpool player. I've I've got a thing for right backs. I don't know what it is, but um, I think it's my favourite position on the pitch. Um, but he looks a real talent, and it just his composure on the ball is, is second to none. And Nunes took it really well, didn't he? Um, it was a really good finish. I thought it, I had a brilliant view of that because I'm on the right hand side of the cop by the the Kenny. Um, so as soon as he hit it, we knew it was in. Um, and that'll do his his confidence no harm whatsoever. We're talking about our mindset and this mentality monsters, um, which is obviously back. It was the same midweek, wasn't it against Fulham? Like when Fulham equalised, there was no panic. Whereas I think last season there would have been. Um, so again, it's a testament to Jurgen and the job that he's done this year.
0: Yeah, it 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 totally is. It's you know the way the way Jurgen and the senior players. You know, the likes of Virgil and Trent and Robo, Ali and Mo have sort of got together and created this, you know, mentality monster that is back amongst the all the players again. And as as you said there, you know, the big testament to that is the fact that you know, no matter who comes in, you know, the it's just like it's just like play, replacing a part in a in the mm. machine, and the machine just starts working again, it's not malfunctioning in any way, and as you say, you know, you had, you had three players, you know, today who, who basically are in their, you know, their first season, at the, you know, with the first team, really, you know in Conor Bradley, Quance and, no you know, McCallum and, um, McConnell sorry, and, you know, they, they just fit in there seamlessly mm. it's just like so easy. I mean I I watched, you know, I've watched McConnell since he played for the for the under eighteens. And while I thought he was a decent player, right, I never thought for one minute that he would progress and be playing for the first team this season. Because although you know, and it's great it's great sort of testament to him and the way you know he's been coached, and the you know the way he's learning that he, he went on the pre season tour, you know, and he's he's obviously mixed with the first team. He he knows what he what he wants to do. He's a young lad who we brought in from Sunderland, and you know he's coming today. He's made his debut. He's been around the first team all season, and he's just done very very well. And he end that he earned that debut today, and you know we can walk off the field. You know, very proud of his performance, Pete. And you know, you know, just moving on there from what Ben said. You know, we go two-one up, and you can give us your your view on the goal by Darwin. But then we had two other opportunities to really kill the game. Where I think Gravenberch, you'd have had a better view from it than I would, because we're at your end. But Gravenberch, um, or oh, was it Gatpo, Sorry, I think to was miss. It, and um, yeah. and then. It, was it Graven based then had one cleared off the line when when we sort of won the ball from your know, dear sort of goal kick and it was cleared off the line?
1: Yeah. Like, um, I mean, going back to the second goal, I thought Conor Bradley was fantastic. Like um, Ben said, he wins the tackle and that's not enough for him. He, he brings it forward, plays a nice pass and move. And then the, the actual pass for Darwin was just inch perfect, wasn't it? And he slotted it away in the corner. Um, but, yeah, we, we were saying a half-time, in fairness. We could have been out of sight, really. Like, we were talking about the Fulham game the other night. If we'd have taken our chances, Cody missed, missed a good, you know, relative, I say good chance. It was a fantastic chance. He, he I don't know what, how he fluffed that one. Um, And then, yet yeah, there was a little bit of, hear him scare him in their box when they were trying to play play out and we closed them down quickly. And, once again, that could have that been a third one before half-time. But um all in all, <laughs> excuse me, all in all, um we went into one and a half time. And as I say, we could really have put the tie to bed by then. But um you could just tell we were going to create more chances over the over the 90 minutes. You could you could just see the, the movement up front. And you were talking about James McConnell. I thought he had a fantastic game for the day. He, he's not scared of putting a foot in, he'll put a tackle in. And he he's bigger than I thought actually. He's he's quite a big lad. I thought he was like quite diminutive, but he's uh, he's he's got a good physical attribute you know, physical attributes and that. And he gets around the pitch and once he played himself in, obviously he'd have been nervous at the start. Once he played himself into the game, I thought he had a really good game. So as I say, we're standing or sitting there at half time and, and was saying, you know, really we should be out of sight, but there's gonna be more chances created. And um, and so we proved in the second half.
0: Yeah, Ben, t- t- to go in only 2-1 ahead at half-time, absolutely flattered Norwich, didn't it? You know, because of the, the way Liverpool played, you know, the chances we created. The, you know, there was a, as, we, as Peter just said there, there was a couple of real guilt edged opportunities Do you really think we should have took one of them that would have put the game to bed, but it wasn't. But And so we still went into... You know, into the dressing room for the team tour from Jurgen, ahead by two goals to one, and then come out of the second half, and it was just very, very much more of the same, wasn't it? With your know, Liverpool sort of camped in the in the Norwich half, attacking the Kop end, and it was only just a matter of time before before we got the third goal, and it eventually came, and it was a lovely finish by by your mate Jots.
2: By by the best finisher at the club, um, yeah. although ironically, he probably had two easier chances to score, didn't he? Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Which
2: he which he absolutely fluffed. Um, he just absolutely wellied them, didn't he? And they went into the top of the cup. Uh, but no, it was it was it was a good. It was a good goal. It was a was uh, a or Canard who played the through ball for him mean, was it Jones actually.
0: I can't remember now to be, I'm just trying to think. I think back. I've just named it, half the team
2: anyway, so cover me back. Yeah, it was um, a long, it was a long ball. It, it,
0: it, might, it, Jones, defender, um, it might have been Jones. The defender struggled to deal with, didn't It was he? Gibson, wasn't and, it? Yeah. I do
2: just didn't make decent contact, but it,
0: um, it was a hell of a finish.
2: Yeah, it was. And you're right, the 2-1 did flatten Norwich. Um, it's amazing, isn't it? I can't recall them having another chance in the first half, besides the one that they actually scored. Um, and I me and my mate were saying it's 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 odd how, how many times that actually happens. Um the teams come to Anfield to score with the first opportunity. Um but now like uh, even though it flattered Norwich, it I don't think any of us at half time were worried in any way. Um and obviously the team wasn't and we came out and we just controlled it. Um and as soon as that third goal went in, it was game over, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, the players looked at that point um, like they were enjoying themselves and with the the news that we all got and more so the players got on Friday, it could have gone the other way, couldn't it? Um, but again, it's testament to them that it didn't seem to affect them in any way and if anything, it's I'm hoping that it's probably galvanised them a bit more.
0: Yeah, let, let's hope so, Pete, and then... I think just after we'd, we'd gone 3-1-up, then makes, um, I think it was a triple substitution with yeah. Robbo, yeah. Robbo coming on. Um, who else? Come on, Virgil, come Virgil on. And Virgil and Sebastian. And, and Sebastian. Sebastian. Your mate, which, which probably made your day Pete. We're, we're getting, oh, your, getting your love child back on the, on the field again. Um I've been telling him to get
1: bloody first and get back in that side.
2: Yeah.
0: And off went Wentz, Joe Gomez, Ibu and Curtis. Um, All
1: of them, which had really good games today. I, yeah. thought, I, I thought the three of them were good today. Mm. Yeah, I um, think they
0: were probably, because it was around about the hour 65 minute mark, wasn't it? So I think maybe they were possibly pre-planned substitutions.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think they must have spoke about this pre-match or at least a half time. And I think they said, if we've got a, a bit of a cushion against, you know, um, goals wise if we're two up. Um I want Robbo to come on and I want Dominic Soversley to come on. And um I think Virgil just came on to give Kennati a bit of a rest, you know, really. Because you've got a you've I'm not saying you've got a nurse Ebooth through, but he is susceptible mm. to when he plays a full 90, you know, he, he gets these little tweaks, doesn't he? So yeah, they were three good substitutions in that score. Um as I say, the the bench was very strong today. Um so it was nice to see them come on, but as I say, the three lads that went off, I thought the I thought Kersis Jones had another great game today. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a you know, it was something that was um, you know that Jurgen could bring them off and rest them up for for the next game, you know. Yeah, I think that's
0: yeah, I think that's that's going to be the plan going forward. And as we as we get deeper into the into the month and into, into February, you know, you're going to get Endo back, you're going to get Mo back. So the squad, you know, and don't forget, Alexis Macker wasn't involved today. So he's going to come back as well. So the squad is going to start to look even stronger and deeper. And hopefully, you know, we keep saying this, but there's got to be a time where where in a year you press conference, he says, Pachetti and Thiago back in team training, so you know, I'm surely it's going to happen soon. But what it, wasn't it a tremendous uh, welcome back that Andy Robbo got when he when he mm. come on? You know, just shows the, you know, him how much he's appreciated. And I don't think it it sort of was any reflection really on on the way Joe Gomez has played at left back. I think it was just a case of, you know, welcome back, Robbo, You know, we've missed you.
2: If, if we're going to win the league this season, we need Andy Robbo, full stop. As good as um, Joe Gomez has been, and he's been brilliant, he's not Andy Robbo. Um, I mean, he's brilliant, Andy Robbo. I absolutely love him. Um, he's one of our leaders, isn't he? He's, he's a captain without the armband. Um, he's the captain of Scotland. And even his little cameo today, he was showing glimpses of what we've missed about the Darton runs and just his offensive play. Um, So having him back's a bonus. And it was a great reception because he hasn't really been out for a prolonged period of the time since we signed him, has he? Um, so no, I, w- I was shocked when Virgil came on, you know. um, I didn't see that one happening. Um, I know what you're saying about Ibu, um, but I wasn't sure who was on the bench, but there was no other centre-halves, was there? Um, no, he, could have move, ones, I suppose he could he have moved, moved Gomez go
0: go back, go back there go back across, But Equally Joe Gomez probably needed the rest. He needs
2: to be managed and, as well
0: and, and I think that I also think Maybe that it was as I said to Pete It was possibly pre-planned That, mm. that Ibu and Virgil Would get part of the game each so They both had yeah. some, some rest periods I think the other thing is The fact that Virgil come on and played Like half mm. an hour or so Means that he, he doesn't have to do A full training session now you know, tomorrow, so that might have been in the thinking as well so we can have, you know, a light session tomorrow and Mm. then prepare for Chelsea, you know, the Chelsea game on Wednesday by preparing on Tuesday with the full session.
2: I I do think, I think it was telling that Andy Robbo got 35-40 minutes today, because I do think he's in contention now for Wednesday.
0: Um, We'll talk about that, we'll talk Mm. about that in a minute, I'm I'm sure that it There'll be some intense debate about that. Mm. Peach, it just it.
2: shows you though, like when you when you look at our bench today, because we've been, um, we've had very young benches, haven't we, the last three or four games? Whereas today it yeah. was back to, um, what you'd expect. And you, you you named a few players that were missing, obviously Mo and and they were away. Um, well, Mo's not, but you know what I mean. And um, McAllister, um. Thiago's actually back training now, isn't he? I, I don't know what was more well, of a shock on Friday. Jürgen announcing his announcements or seeing Thiago in training, honestly. Well, um, you, you, he was at the
0: training ground, let us say, and he was in a picture outside yeah. talking to Jürgen, but there yeah. was no actually photograph of him, of him actually participating well, he, he, in the training.
2: No, but he was on the pitch, though, and I haven't seen yeah. a picture of him on the training pitch. I've seen him in the gym and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm so sceptical that we'll see any of them. And to be honest with you, I don't really care. I've passed it now. Um, We're doing well enough without them. um, But it would be nice to have another body in that midfield for options, I guess. Um, But the bench today was was decent. And like I've said numerous times, our squad is the best in the country. I've got no doubts about that now. Certainly the biggest. Um, And yeah, it's just exciting times. But Wednesday is... Going to be a big decision for Jurgen who he plays,
0: yeah. Pete, so not long after the substitutions, we get to corner cop end. The lovely corner by Saboz and a magnificent header by Virgil puts us for one ahead.
1: Yeah, he seems to like scoring from corners against Norwich. He scored one first game of the season, didn't he? A couple or so years back, but um, yeah, I mean, in fairness, he was he was left. There was hardly anyone near him in a in a yellow shirt. So they either missed him totally or they thought, well, I'm not I'm not going up against that fella, you know, I'll leave him to it. But yeah, it was a good finish. He, you know, he just planted it into the net and and then we're four one up. And you think, well, you know, it's um it's really what we deserve, to be honest. Like I say, over the over the course of the game, that was like just over the hour, Mark. We created so many chances. Um you know, we, we, we deserve to be that far ahead. But then you know, the matter of, I think Trent came on just after that. So yeah. that was another motivation for Trent to come on. <laughs> but um they pulled another one back and it was a fine goal in fairness. They got one, hmm. they had one chalked off just before that. Uh, and in fairness to a man, we were all up. It was more or less level with us, and we we all shouted upside at the same time. But once again, the um that the flag went up very late. Um but then they, they scored another they scored a the second goal and without it causing any panic station it was a very very from what I could see it was a very good finish. They'll have their science who, who put it in. Yeah, but it was... um it was um you know there was like twenty minutes to go then and you thought well unless we we actually go suicide there's no reason to panic and we, we just did the same again we just kept getting the ball down moving it round. And then he brought um, Diaz on for the last 10 or 15. Didn't need to give him a run as well. But, yeah, yeah, so, as I say, there were no panic stations where in years gone by, even with a two-goal lead, if someone gets another one back, you start panicking. But there was none of that today. It was just, you know, assured, control football, you know, from back to front.
0: Ben, it was a really hell of a finish by them to bring it back to 4-2. Mm. It was a long ball down the middle and Kwanzaa was back backpedalling and headed it, headed it forward to, to clear the danger but I think that McConnell was starting to run out of fuel at that mm. point so wasn't really there to pick up the pieces and the lad saw a bit of screamer didn't he but I think everybody in the ground applauded when it went in mm. <clears throat> and I think to our amazement there seemed to be a VAR check for something. Yeah, I don't um, know what. No, I don't know what was going on. And even you know, even with my you know, Liverpool tinted glasses on, you know, if that would have been chalked off, it would have been an absolute travesty. You yeah. know what I mean? So, what they yeah. you checking for there, I just don't know. Yeah. But then, then, not long after um, that goal, I think very straight away, McConnell went down. His race was run.
2: And on comes Louis Diaz. I had no idea why they checked that for VAR. I even said to my dad, I said, there's no way, there's anything wrong with that. Like, you, you, there was just nothing. I said, there was like nothing like controversial. There was no tackle. There was no handball. There was no offside. I genuinely don't know what they were looking at. Um, but it was one of those moments where you just hold your hands up and clap and it's easy to do when you you know the game's already won and it's a lower league opposition um, to do that. But, you know, fair play, it was deserved. And to beat a goalkeeper of Allison's quality um, from that distance, it's got to be something special. There was one, I think, before it, where I thought it was in as well. It was like a long-range effort. It was to Ali's right... And it yeah. must have gone just wide. And it came back <laughs> off the advertising hoardings and just ripped the back of the net. And I thought it was, it was... From where I was, I'm
0: right in line with that. And it was no way. You know, it was... Was it nowhere near? Yeah, it, was, right, it. Okay. it, was, it was well, I just
2: I couldn't sit. tell, Les. Yeah. yeah, from where I sit, you
0: could tell it wasn't going in when it Right,
2: is okay. Isn't. Yeah, what it's I mean. just different parts of the ground, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's one of them, because that made it... Did it make it 4-2?
0: Yeah,
2: 4-2, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, there's, there's no panic, is there? Um, there's there's nothing. But, I mean, like I said, sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and say that's a hell of a goal, um, and it is what it is. But I, I do think, um, as good as Virgil has been this season, and he's been monumentally good, I do think he backed off him too much. Um, I think he showed him a little bit too much respect and didn't think he was going to do that. To be um, fair, he, I could hit it another
0: day. 99 times. It would oh yeah, good.
2: no Les, I, I know Not that. And I
0: think that's why... That, on that's, the percentage thing, you're probably, if you've aged, you will probably say, well, you're good yeah, luck to you if you're going to hit yeah. it from there and go in against no, I, I know, I know, I know
2: exactly what you mean and he, he obviously does play the percentages better than anyone else. Um, but when you watch it back, you do think actually if we would have gone a little bit tighter to him, he wouldn't have been able to do it. But hey-ho, it didn't make any difference to the overall game. And and like I said, sometimes you just say, what a goal. Can't do anything about that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was was just one of those moments, wasn't it? But thankfully, the team's good enough not to let it affect them.
0: Yeah, Pete, and then yo, Liverpool did everything then but score to get the fifth goal. There were scrambles. The keeper was making good saves. There were shots off the line. And then eventually, you know, in injury time with 80, the last kick of the game, Ryan Gravenberch got his name on the score sheet. And I think it was a decent reward for much improved performances from him in the last couple of games.
1: Yeah, I think I think I mentioned after the Fulham game that I thought both the Ducks lads played well against Fulham. Both them and Gapo played well. Um, but yeah, you can tell he's a class player, Gavin Birch, and he is only, you know, he, he, we we talk about the kids coming into the side, you know, the the Bradleys and the McConnells, but he's he's a kid himself,
2: to be honest. He's only a few months older than Bradley.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a kid himself,
2: mm.
1: and you know, adjusting from from the German league. But there's times, like as I think I said in the last podcast, he just glides across the pitch when he gets that ball, and he's in full flight. He's very difficult to stop. He glides. And in fairness, the only way I can tell the difference between Gravenberch and, and gapo is they have to look at the boots. I think one of them wears yellow one of them wears yellow boots and one of them wears pink because even even for that goal, that fifth goal today, we said to one another, was that gapo Or was it Gravenberch? But we couldn't tell the difference because we're more or less right down the other end, you know. But it yeah, was, it was it was good reward. He had a decent game, and once again it was it was another good um, it was another good assist by Conor Bradley.
0: You know, Pete, when you think about it as well, you know, it's a midfielder coming in at the box. I mean, we've scored two goals today by two yeah. midfielders coming in the box and getting headers. You know, at the back stick basically, and you know when you when you think of the, you know, we the midfielders never used to contribute virtually you know to the amount of goals that they should have done in the past I know we'll always say well you know about Gini's two goals against Barca and things like that but on the whole over a Premier League season you know the midfielders weren't prolific were they and all of a sudden you know you've got, you've got them all contributing goals because you know the midfield is a different type mm. of midfield now and it, it's fantastic to see isn't it the you know, you're not only now relying on your you as in the past it was Sadio or Mo or Bobby to score. You know, the midfielders are now, you getting their fair share of goals, which is which could be a difference maker, you know, in the in the at come the end of the season.
1: Yeah, and that's what we've spoken about for a a while now, haven't we? Saying we need we need some goals to be weighed in from the midfield and I know Ben's too young to remember, but you and I remember the runs that Terry Mack used to make into the box and Ray Kennedy and people like that. And I'm not trying to say that these current lads are are, are that sort of high up, but if if they're going to get into the box, they're going to, sooner or later, they're going to get on the end of stuff. And like you say, two of the goals today were from midfielders. Not, Not necessarily chancing their arm, but just getting into the right positions and and, you know, we've had Sobersli scoring goals, we've had Elliott scoring goals, uh, even Endo has weighed in, and it's good to see that they're actually spreading the goals around and they're not just relying on the front three.
0: Yeah. Pete, hey, just backing up what you said there, you're absolutely spot on about the likes of Terry Mack and you know Ray Kennedy and Jimmy Case always used to get the first share of goals. But let's let's sort of be honest for just for some of the younger. Listeners that we have to the podcast, and uh, it took it took Terry Mack about three years plus, and Ray Kennedy two to three years to get that knack of scoring from midfield. You know, after they signed, so it wasn't actually your know, instant that they just walked into the team and sort of started scoring important goals left, right, and center. They had to learn the Liverpool way, didn't he? And eventually, you know, what I'm trying to get out of here is the the likes of Ryan Gravenberg, who some some Liverpool supporters have sort of said that, you know, he hasn't really done possibly as well as maybe he thought he would or his form has dipped or whatever. It can't take time for players to settle in and learn the Liverpool way and learn the pace of the new division and the new expectations that they're playing under.
1: Yeah, it's like you say, I mean, as I say, Ben won't remember his dad would tell him no, but we remember when we signed Kennedy, who we all thought was a centre-forward anyway. Uh, and when Terry Mack came, he had, to, he had to wait for a while to start making inroads into the first team. Um, And, you know, I think the problem, the problem now, and we, we, we keep talking about it more or less every episode, is that the way things are with, with Twitter these days and Facebook, People just expect them to get players into the side uh, and just to slot in and hit the, hit the ground running. And I mean, we thought we were getting it really with Sobersli the first few games of the season, we thought, God, this is a find. And then his form dipped a bit and then he got injured. But there's no doubt in his, his um his skill in that. And it's the same it's the same with the two ducks lads, Gakpo and Gravenbert. Um they're not going to be world beaters every game, but they're certainly going to contribute over this over season, and then they're going to have another pre season ahead of them in the summer. And you know, that's when you'll probably see the best of them next yeah, season, ben, maybe.
0: yeah. So, Ben, you know, the, the final whistle goes just after we get the fifth goal, and you probably had a really good view of that fifth goal because it was at yeah. your, your side, and you know, you'd have to give. Ryan Gravenberch said that he was determined to get to that ball and, you know, you know, run in, you know, to connect with the cross and it was a lovely headed finish. You know what I mean? It was point blank, but you, you he had to be there to finish it, didn't he? So you've got to give him credit to, for that. And then we, we walked off sort of, you know, five, two winners and, and into the next round.
2: Yeah, I think, <clears throat> just going back to your point slightly about midfield and goals that are um, being contributed from them now. I do think we do play a different style to when we had Bobby, um, Sadio and Mo as the front three, where we were not a counter-attacking team, but we were a very quick... Well, yeah, we were a bit of a counter-attacking team, actually. We we didn't control the play the, the way we do now, um And it's a more controlled, measured attack, which means the midfielders are now in better positions. And I do think when we look back on it, when we signed Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think he was the goal-scoring midfielder, but then he got that injury against Roma, which just unfortunately for us ruined his career. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've been slightly critical of Gravenberg in the point where I haven't ever doubted his talent. I've just doubted doubted his readiness to be ready to be in our team now. Like I think it's obvious to everyone that he's a talented footballer and the way like what Pete says, the way he turns and glides with the ball. Um it is easy to forget that he's only twenty one. Um he is a baby, isn't he? And he, you know, he's had a year in Germany where he played no football. Um and, you know, he was one of the most sought after midfielders in Europe when he was in Ajax Jergen obviously wanted him back then and missed out. Um, so there's obviously a player there and it'd be interesting to see how he does develop in the next well, I hate to say it, but post Jergen. Um but yeah like it was a it was a good finish for him. It was had to be in the right place at the right time and he could have had a couple more today as well because he did get into decent positions. There's a few shouts by me when he'd I don't know if he duck out for 50-50s but there was a few where you thought actually he could have got it a little bit harder but I won't be too critical on him. Um, but yeah, I think it sort of made the scoreline a bit more reflective on what it should have been because we were comfortably at least three goals better than Norwich.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Norwich could see the 10 today, day, you know, from the chances that Liverpool had, the really good chances, it wouldn't have flattered us. I mean, the keeper made Two mm-hmm. excellent saves in the second half, especially one from Sir Bosley- I was that the one
2: down. off the line with Jota as well.
0: Yeah, that that's another one. The one from Jota yeah. off the line, mm-hmm. and the Sir one Bosley- that went through the defender's legs.
2: Yeah, and yeah, that was a brilliant. He did well to get down to that.
0: Yeah, the keeper must have seen it late, and he, he got down and saved it. I think with his left hand, and mm. he thought himself fair do. Since I said to said to Jane, who sounds stands near me on the copper, said that was one hell of a save. And she mm-hmm. said, yeah, you know, the the keepers made some really good saves today and he had. So it would have been unfortunate for him had he conceded the 10, but it wouldn't have flattered Liverpool if he'd have scored 10 today. And that's not me with me rose-tinted glasses on. So I'll ask you first, Ben, on this one. Who is your player of the match?
2: Oh. Um... Oh god, I don't know. I mean, I thought Bradley did really well again. You know, did he get two assists today? Yes. Um, so, I thought Darwin did well, Gappo did well, Gravenberg did all right, but I think probably um, Bradley. To be honest, I'll give it to him.
0: Okay, P two. Where's your vote going? Well, like Ben said, there wasn't. I don't think
1: there's anyone. Head and shoulders above anyone else. Um, But I thought McConnell coming in for this first game had a really good game and, like you say, ran out of gas. Uh, Darwin was a persistent thorn. He he got his goal and he was always a nuisance to the defence. But I'll go with Ben on that. I, I think because of the way he played, the two assists, especially the first one where he won the ball back and then carried on the run, and just his overall play at the back, he... You can tell with the other players that they're very they're very trusting of him. They don't mind giving him the ball even when he's being closed down and that. Um and they trust him, you know, to do the job. So I would go for Connor Bradley myself.
0: Yeah, I thought like you, Pete, I thought McConnell was excellent for the time he was on the pitch. And had he completed, you know, the full ninety minutes or ninety-five minutes, whatever it was, you know, I'd have been really tempted to give it to him just because of his it was his full debut and he performed much better than I than I thought he would. But like you, Pete, on the whole the whole game, I think I have to give it to Connor Bradley. The the the, the work he did for the first goal was excellent. You know, he didn't he didn't sort of you know panic. He was controlled in what he wanted to do and the pass to to set Nunes up was perfect. And he just continued to cause them problems down the right hand side of all, all game. And, you know, I think we found ourselves, you know, over this over this season, I think we found ourselves a back right back and, a, a, you know, a really good young centre back that, you know, if we'd have bought um, Kwanzaa for 40, 50 million in the summer, everybody would have been raving about him, the fact that he's come through the academy, You know, he saved us millions and millions of pounds. So, yeah, for me, I'm going to give it to, to Conor Bradley today. So, just before kick-off, Ben, the draw was made for the, the next round of the Cup. And we've been drawn at home against uh, Watford or Southampton, who drew today, so there's a replay. And, you know, in a, in a way, that's a, another good omen for me because... <coughs> Back in um, in 1986, when we did the double, we played Norwich on the way, and we also played Watford and Southampton on the mm. way to that, that cup final. So whichever one we get, you know, uh, you know, uh, at home in the next in the next round, you know, it's it's fingers crossed that the omens come through and it's it leads to the double.
2: Mm. Well, the draw was supposed to be before the game, wasn't it, Les? But it was at half-time because of that trouble in the West Brom game. Ah, Um, right. But have you seen that, by the way? Have you seen what happened in that game?
0: Yes, that's not good, is it?
2: No, not good at all. But in in regard to us, um, I must admit, again, before Friday's announcement, I would have been happy with an away game, but now I just want every game to be at home. Um, And it's a game which we should comfortably get through isn't it which means we're in the quarters Uh, it's the fifth round next isn't it yeah so yeah I mean it's nice to have a lower league a lower league opposition Um, I actually wanted Man City at home you know I I said to my I said to my mate I was like I want City at home now I just think with everything that's happened in the last week I just want massive occasions now Um. And when you look at the teams left in the cup, um, you know, there's I think it's gonna be us or city that winner. Um it's it's one of us too. Wouldn't surprise me if that's the final, to be honest. Um so yeah, no, no complaints. Um I don't really care who we get, to be honest. I don't think there's anyone better than us left in the well, I don't think there's anyone better than us in the country, to be fair. So yeah, bring them on.
0: Yeah, a decent draw, Peter. And if you're like me with your omens, it was one that immediately shot to mind that give me good vibes.
1: Yeah, like Ben said, it's nice always to get a home throw. Now I, to be honest, I always want to get Blackburn away. Yeah, it's I, a great, I mean, great it's trip, only,
2: Yeah,
1: it's only an hour up the road, and we normally have the whole uh, Darwin end as a way up, and. Uh, it, you know, it's it's literally an hour and you can have a couple of beers and it's great anyway. That wasn't to be so. Um, we were all looking on the phones at half time and those those of us that could get reception, mine's terrible. And then it came through that we had a home draw against Southampton or Watford. So, um, yeah, like, you know, I think any home draw, I'm not saying we're going to beat them, but any home draw gives us the advantage. And... Um, Let's see how we get on against that. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, we're not going to be too complacent. So we're going to pick a strong side and then get into the quarters and, and anything could happen. But it could it could be a strong lineup when you look. I think Newcastle have actually got Blackburn or Wrexham. So yeah. I think Newcastle was to get through. City was to get through.
0: United. Either,
1: Ch- either Chelsea or Villa. United are through. So it's going to be a pretty strong lineup, you know.
0: Yeah. So you just wanna what you want then is a home draw, don't you in the sixth round, please? Um, yeah, that's what I mean. If we can keep
1: getting home draws, that's great.
0: Yeah. If yeah. then give you the best opportunities as he gets to the into the semis. But yet yeah, the mid just another thing, Ben, isn't it? That the the mid the, the next round of the cup, the fifth round is a midweek round. So it's played in the midweek after the after the League Cup final. So our game will probably be on the the Wednesday or
2: Thursday, I would, would assume. Right. Well, I mean, it's obviously not ideal, is it? Um, but, like I said, we've got the squad, haven't we? Um, and Jergen's probably the best at juggling it. Um, so it doesn't... um doesn't fear me with any option. Ups- you know, it's probably best, thinking about it, that we didn't get Man City then. Um, if it's so soon after the final. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just after the... Um... The League Cup final, Pete. So we move on to Chelsea at your home. And mm-hmm. You're back in the league on Wednesday night. So give us your words of wisdom. What have you come up with with your with your starting eleven? Now that we've got, uh, you know, a few players back from from injury, and a few players have come in in their absence and done really well.
1: Yeah, I think I've got nine penciled in that I would go with straight away. But it's the two fullback positions, and you can't lay anything against Conor Bradley or Joe Gomez. They've been fantastic, but you you just think because it's such a big game, um. I mean, I know Chelsea. When you look at them in the table, they are in the best position, but it's still a big, always a big game against Chelsea. So I've gone Ali in goal, Virgil and Tenasi centre backs, uh, Casis Jones, McAllister. Hopefully, he'll be fit and Elias. And then I've gone Diaz, Jota, and Nunes. And my full backs. Uh, although it's thingy to say, I probably think Trent and Robbo might make the stars. Although that's no slight whatsoever against Joe Gomez and Connor
0: Bradley. Do you not start with supposedly identities? Uh um, I am. So oh, I, Yeah. Hi. Yeah.
1: He's not, he's, he's sure he's not my love child and not yours or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just think Elliot's been playing well. Curtis Jones,
0: not to been... start, don't be Pardon, not from, not from the start. He's still, no. I don't he... think when he starts games, he's not as effective yet as when he comes <laughs> on a substitute.
1: Yeah, I suppose you could level that, but that's the team I've got. Um, yeah. maybe introduce a boss life from the bench. I, I don't know. As I say, it's really the fullback positions. It's 50-50 for me. Mm. Because, as I say, Connor Bradley and Joe Gomez have played off the skin. So, it's a case of, you know, obviously Robbo and Trent got on today. Trent was in the number six. I mean, if, if there's any doubt about McAllister, uh, with this slight knock he's got, you can put Trent there and still play Connor Bradley.
0: Yeah. So, what, what have you got with Ben?
2: So, Ali, Trent, Eboo, Verge, Gomez... McAllister, Jones, Sabozloy, Jota, Nunes, Diaz.
0: You've got the exact team that I go with exactly that.
2: So my only reservation, if you can call it that, is I'm with Pete on the full-backs and I genuinely think Robbo could start. I think he had 40 minutes today.
0: I don't think Robbo is anywhere near fit enough match fit yeah. enough to play in the next two games against Chelsea and Arsenal. Right. I honestly
2: don't know. Like
0: I, I, I just I know just think going on what I seen today, I thought yeah. it was great to see him back. Yeah. But you can still see the, the rustiness in his play. Yeah. And when you've got Joe Gomez playing at there, yeah. you know at the consistent level yeah. and that he has and how well he's played, I think for for the next two games at least, I think you have to stick with him there at left-back with the great option of having Robbo to bring on Mm. so you want to do something different. But for me, Joe Gomez deserves to keep his place and Robbo is up to, you know, after after being out for like four months to play Mm. 35 minutes and then put him in a you know, in a, a really sort of massive game against Chelsea, and then the one that follows against Arsenal, I think yeah. it would be a massive gamble. It would be different, better for me if you had Owen Beck playing there, yeah. or you were having Young Luke Chambers playing there. Yeah,
2: no, I get that. I just I don't know how fit. I mean, Robo came on today for forty minutes. Yeah, he's
0: probably um, is fit. but He's, he's probably fit the, the fittest
2: player. player. It's just I know what you mean about match fit, but okay. So you you went for the same team as me. Who's your number yeah. nine?
0: Well, I just think as as I said, it's going to be yeah, fluid. Yeah, I think I think they just play it by ear, don't they? Mm. <clears throat> you know what I mean? You can. I thought when when Jota come from the right um, against Bournemouth with Nunes as a centre forward, mm. I thought that really looked really looked good and a real decent partnership. But that yeah. that front three that you named can sort of you know inter, interchange. Yeah. You know, Diaz can go down the right, Jota down the left. Nunes can go down the left. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. there's various ways that you can play it. And I just think that um that you know that for me would be my starting lineup on, on Wednesday, the same as what you've picked. And yeah. then your bench is gonna be strong, isn't it? Because yeah. you're gonna have Elliot on there, you're gonna have Gravenberch on there, you're gonna have Gatpo um, on there, you're gonna have um Robin. Connor yeah. Bradley, so you're gonna have a real, a real strong bench on there with options to, you know, to change things around if needed. <laughs> so that for me would be would be the team that I would go with. I'll come to you, Pete. Um, what what are you going with as a, as a scoreline?
1: Well, I said the conservative two nil today. I don't like using that word, by the way. I was going to say, Pete, I <laughs> got
2: told off for using that word. And I think it was by <laughs> you as well.
1: Probably was. And as soon as I said that, I thought Ben's going to crucify me. Um, But I'll probably go for the same scoreline uh, as 2-0, I think. I mean, obviously, it's a game that we we want to win every game. Don't get me wrong. But it depends what Chelsea turn up, which Chelsea turn up, I should say. Um, you know, I, I think... Uh, I just think we've got it in us, especially with these players getting back to fitness and near full fitness. I think we've got it in us to, to beat Chelsea. And um, yeah, I'll go for 2-0 on, on Wednesday night.
0: Ben, what are you going for?
2: I th- I think it's going to be more, you know. Honestly, I, I just think the way the teams is playing. I know Chelsea have picked up a little bit of late, um, but I, I think we're so much better than them. Um, I can see this being a marker for the cup final and I'm, I'm going to go for you know.
0: Yeah, I think I would pete on this. I think I'll go for, for a 2-0 victory for the Reds. I think it'll be... It'll a goal be, would be nice, wouldn't it? When was the last yeah, time scored against them? Probably a home. It's probably the... Wasn't it the, the first game of the season, the penalty, when Reese James got sent off the first home game two seasons ago? after. the... We drew one-one. The uh, Lukaku yeah. scored for them, um, yeah. I think, and put them ahead. And then they went down to ten men. We scored right on half time, yeah. and um, and then we did everything but score in the second half. And mm. you know, c- came out with a draw. But the last it's been seven draws
2: on the bounce, haven't
0: it I've have been, have been draws, haven't he? So mm. you know, let's hope that with you a win, and this is the one you know, that we get for to t- take us three points.
2: Can, can I ask you 12? something? Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you something? If you could only win this or the cup final, which one would you win?
0: Oh, this one every day yeah. of the week.
2: Hundred percent, yeah.
0: Yeah. This one every day of the week because you've mm. got to get you've gotta get as many points to, mm. to get to the top of that that hill and the top of that table as we can. And um and as I say, you know, but Ben, I would like to say I'm a greedy bugger, so I wanna win both. You know what I mean? The next I'm game's both.
2: always the most important yes. list.
0: Like. I totally agree with you, but after we've won on Wednesday, I'll then yeah. want to win on. It's like it's like it takes me mind back to that question where somebody asked us in '86 if you could win one, what would you rather win the league or the FA Cup when we got Everton in the final? You know what it. I mean? And and then and then it was a more difficult decision because you know playing in an old Merseyside side mm. FA Cup final. You know what I mean? You didn't want the disappointment at Wembley, so I just refused to answer and just say, "Look, I'm a greedy bugger where footballs concerned." So what? Liverpool to win a boat, and that's what exactly yeah. what happened. So I hope the same thing happens, sorta, of this week. So before we before we finish the podcast today, you know, you weren't able to join us on our special podcast on Friday, Ben. No. So I just wanted to ask you. The, the same as he asked the other lads, they were on. You know, where were you when you heard the news? And what I mean, obviously, now you've had, mm-hmm. you've had nearly seventy-two hours to, to take in the news. You were know, on Friday. It was still Chrissy you off know, for, for us. I just wondered what your feelings were.
2: Um. It- <laughs> Uh, my feelings was that was absolutely heartbroken like honestly it, it was one of those moments in time i'm sure for you guys obviously being slightly older as well you can go back to when kenny made this same announcement That's um, exactly- so but i was driving my car letters, um and i i was i took my, my neighbor um for a hospital appointment on friday and we had to get there for seven o'clock in the morning So I took my laptop and I was working there till about half ten when he finished and I got back in the car and within about two minutes my phone just kept on beeping and, you know, like in the car where you can get your messages read out. Um, Yeah. And I thought, oh, nothing to worry about. Like I thought I mustn't have had signal in the hospital. And my brother-in-law messaged me, he was a blue. And it started with Klopp and I was thinking, oh, he signed a new contract. I genuinely thought that was what the, the message must have been. And I thought that's why my messages were going wild. And then I read it out and I was like, Ugh. like, you, you know, like something that you're just not expecting. Like, I just didn't see it coming. Like, there's been rumours of like a contract extension and like talking about a new deal. Um, If it would have been last season, I could have sort of understood it. But with everything that's happened, I just didn't see it like, and I, I I said to my wife, which I probably live to regret because of stuff that's happened and stuff. But I said, uh, I think this is the saddest I've ever felt, Um, and obviously, like besides like losing family members and stuff, like it just it feels like it's. I hope I'm wrong. It feels like it's the end of an era, um, and just
0: to stop you there, Ben. As yeah. you said, we're, we're a little bit older than you and your dad yeah. probably remembers this as well but the feeling you've got with it being an end of an era yeah. we actually thought that when Shankly resigned yeah and
2: was- to be fair Les like I was on the radio with Salty on Friday and I said exactly the same like we were on it for two hours and I said obviously when Shankly left um, nobody nobody will have expected Liverpool to go on and get Bigger and better. And then Bob Paisley came in. A totally different character to, to Bill, wasn't he? Quiet, reserved. Um, and, you know, eclipsed him. Um, And you never know, that could happen again. I'm just sceptical. You just can't see it, can you? You can't see anyone coming into Liverpool and doing the job that Jürgen has done. And it's not just the job that he's done. it's just It's the man, like everything about him is just perfect for the club from his personality, his political beliefs, the way he talks. I mean, like, I'm sure you guys are the same. And, and, Pete, it was me and you, wasn't it, on the, the radio, the day he got announced uh, and we were outside the yeah.
1: yeah, we did the outside broadcast, shivering yeah. in the outside,
2: didn't we? Um, and then, Like that day he, when he, he did it.
1: Like, I remember him saying in his first press conference, yeah. And I think we said that nice. He more or less put himself up. He said, if I don't win anything in the next... He said, give himself three years or something like that. But If I don't win anything in the next X amount of years, um, you can send me to Switzerland or something jokingly, he said. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's a big statement. But I tell you what, he, he gets everything about the club. He gets the yeah. city. He, he, he's he's going to be such a big loss. And like Les said, we were bereft when Shankly, got, when Shankly yeah. retired. I think I think it was already announced, wasn't it, with Paisley? I think we knew. Yeah. For a while. He did, you know, very similar
0: to yeah. didn't he? Announced yeah. halfway the yeah. I think Liverpool announced quite quickly, didn't he? Once Bob sort of said that he was going, that Joe Fagan yeah. would take over. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And you yeah. know, it
1: was always like it was always like yeah. that with Liverpool. It was like a continuity thing, wasn't it? After Shagley went Bob, and then there was always someone. Yeah. Um it, it was a shock. I mean, as I say, I, I said it on the last thing. that um, I I can't imagine I think I got I think I've got a text there or a message of Mike Wilson. And he said, as, as one of the journos, as has he been hacked because there's rumours going around the clock? You know, Jürgen's going. And yeah. as that came through, my daughter phoned my wife up. And she said, is my dad at home? Is my dad at home? He needs to put the telly on. And I said, what, what's up with her? What's up with her? And she said, Jürgen's leaving. And yeah. I said no, I think it's been. I think it's a hack on Twitter. Don't worry about it. She said no, it's that. She said it's on the LFC website,
0: yeah. and
1: it just felt like it. it was like a thought, a notable thought. I just couldn't believe it.
0: It but just like I like, said,
1: so, you know, we've lost Shanks before. We and we've gone on to great things. We've lost Paisley, we've lost Kenny,
2: yeah. and, we, and we 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 bounced back. And it's yeah. Not gonna I be mean, the same. like the club isn't bigger, is, is bigger than anybody. than anyone. But for me, at the moment, it's, the club, is, well, Jürgen is the club, like everything, he's got like, just a way about him, um, that he, he just controls everything, doesn't he? And in a good way, it's not like, um, he's all, like, he, he does it, um, deliberately, it's just, everything that he does, is just, Brilliant. Um, I mean, there's, I can't remember a time, like even like, obviously um, in my lifetime, you know, Benitez was the first really good manager. Um, I was slightly too young to remember Kenny. I can sort of remember the the tail end of it, but not well. Um, and then there was Suresh, Evans and Julier was a very good manager, but I think Benitez took her to the next level. And for, for two years... Um, the whole ground and fan base were behind them. But then after that, um, it was the majority, but there was still like rumblings of people who didn't like his style of football and stuff. Um, and then Hodge and Christ, forget about him. And then Rodgers, are never warmed to him. We nearly won the league, but it was through Suarez really and, and Gerrard. Um, but then with Klopp, um, there's never been one moment in time where you've doubted them like even when we've fallen off a cliff after winning the league and stuff and last season there's nobody I would rather have as the Liverpool manager than him Um, so it is going to be a difficult one for the club to um, to replace him but pause, I I mean for me I think there's two candidates one of them external and one of them internal and I still don't think Pep Linders is out of the question you know I know that they've said that they're all leaving. But I think it would have been, if they would have said on Friday that Pep Linders has got the job next season, then I think he would have been under immense pressure uh, this season, even from the players, where the players would be like, well, you know, who's you know who's the manager? Who do I need to speak yeah. to and stuff like that? Um, the press conferences would have been like, what does Pep think about this, even though Jürgen's still the manager? So I do think that's not out of the question. And then obviously the other one is Shabby Alonso. Um who seems I think
1: the thing crazy. with Shabby, like I was talking at the at half time with a couple of the mates today. And I said in fairness, he's he, he's still wet behind the ears managerial. But when you look at the managers he's played under. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable, you know, isn't it? If he hasn't picked any any clues up from the likes of Mourinho, the likes of Benitez. The likes Did he play under of... Guardiola as well? Guardiola, He's played under them. And Chalotti. Like, yeah. he, he, must, he must have so much knowledge. Yeah. He's he's taken Leverkusen to the top of a league where when he yeah. took over, they were in the relegation zone, I think. So um, he's certainly got something about him. Whether the Liverpool job is just too big at the t- at the moment. Well, but I think the way things are going um in Europe. Um I think
2: if we don't get him. Somebody else will, i.e., Real Madrid well, when I'm just yeah, Exactly. Past it. Even Bayern Munich. Like, I mean, I think yeah. they're not like doing it that well, are they? Um, but I, just, there's not many challenges out there, is there? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I would not discount Pep Linders from the
1: equation. Okay. Although they've said that all the backroom staff are going with Jürgen. Mm-hmm. I would not discount because Pep, Pep Linders does um, things like the um, Carabao Cup, doesn't he, and stuff like that.
0: So, and it, and... is he is he like with Pep though? Is he similar to say a Colin Harvey at Everton, where he was a really good coach, and Peter Taylor as well as another one who was a really good coach but mm. never a manager. You know what I mean? Where sometimes, yeah, I mean the only I the only proof of that would that. be. If
2: he does if he he is a manager somewhere, you know, and if he fails he he didn't do that well though, did he when he went to be a manager? He didn't last long. No.
0: You know, so so I I, I personally don't think Pep is in the frame. I think you know, there's three names seemingly swirling around, isn't there? There's Shabby, there's there's Deserby, and the Sport Lisbon manager who I don't really know a lot about. Mm. I, I
2: don't want Deserby. Honestly, like I, I don't mind Brighton, but it, Brighton give me the the feelings of Southampton about ten years ago, um, where I just think he
0: plays. just think he plays a brand of football. that that would and if he did come in and did the same at Liverpool, yo, know, and he, he wouldn't really need to change much, and he, he's working with better players. It's. You know what I mean? So, I'm just, uh, yeah, be- I'm
2: just not convinced. Like, like I said on Friday, um, I've never put any force into this.
0: No, a lot of them have.
2: No. So, and I don't think the club, well, saying that though, the club have known for two months, haven't they? Um, yeah. So, for all we know, this deal could be done.
0: Yeah, they said it's not because, and the other thing, Ben, I think is if you think about it, if Liverpool had been speaking to another manager mm. or another player's agent or more than one, that would have slipped out somewhere that Liverpool. Well, Liverpool... you
2: say that, but the amount the amount of players that were bought that have just turned up like Fabinho, like nobody had a, a sniff about that. No, and if but if it, it, it is if it's somebody like Alonso who's got connections to the club anyway, there could have been even just like, um Jürgen's contracts up in eighteen months. Would you be up for it then? Kind of conversations. You just don't know. I, I, I don't think it is done, but the club aren't soft either. Uh, I think they've bought themselves time now. That, yeah, this appointment will be done in the next month. I
0: reckon. Yeah, whether we will know that though, mm. I no, I, know. I mean, yeah,
2: I don't think we will. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think it will be easy now for if it is Alonso say. Um, for Liverpool to speak to his agent and just say, Look, um, yeah, it's Jürgen's leaving, um, in five months. Um, do you want the job? Kind of thing, are you interested? And he'd walk to Anfield, they all would. Um, the other name, um, for me would be Unai Emery. The
0: thing with Unai Emery, though, is that. He's he's two years older than Jurgen, so, is he? Yeah, he's 58.
2: Bloody hell. He doesn't look it no, though, does he?
0: No, so again, you'd be you know, you be you'd be in the same boat, <clears throat> maybe in you know, three, yeah. four, five years' time or whatever it may be. Um, yeah.
2: I, I do like the idea of a younger manager. Like, I mean, if it was Alonso and he was a decent manager, he'd have the job for 10 years, yeah, it could do, yeah. And that, that's what we need. We don't want... And FSG don't want short, short-termism either. Um, and let's be honest, coming into Liverpool now, besides the pressure of the job, um, they don't need to buy anyone. Like, whoever comes in this summer, unless there's an exodus of players, which I can't see, you don't need to rebuild anything, dear. You you could come in as a manager and buy, like, one, possibly yeah. two. Players, and that's all you need. So... I mean, you could argue you don't need any. Like with these kids coming through, like what what position do we need to strengthen now? Any? I I don't know. Like I mean,
0: the only only one I would think that you know, for me, if you were to ask me if you could buy one player in the summer for one position, it would be a right-sided forward to cover for Mo. You know what I mean? And then what that would enable you to do then? Would be to send Ben Doak and possibly K. Gordon out on loan to see how they develop playing regularly at a higher level, and yeah. you then have your six, you then have six forwards in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and you already have in a way you know, you'd then have most placements in. Plus, then you you could look to see very similar to what they've done with Bradley and Ramsey, where they've sort of got to in for that right back role, and think right, oh. you will know, we'll see which one develops at the right at the quickest you know mm. to, to back up to back up sense so it is going to be an interesting an interesting few months ahead to get ready for the for the speculation and and the other thing to get ready for is to get ready for the press trying to derail Liverpool by leaking silly stories so it, so who do people, you want less? I would my the, the ones I, I would think it's between Shabby Alonso and De for me mm. and um. And, you know be, be, as I say sentimental wise I'd love it to be shabby Um, uh, mm. because I loved him as a player I think he loves Liverpool and I think that you know I, I do think he'd, he'd he he does love
2: it. Liverpool doesn't he because like there was an interview with him relatively recently as well and they said to him like where did you feel most at home Yeah, and he said I always thought it would be in Madrid because it was in his country but it was it was always Liverpool Um it was a shame that we just weren't particularly good. And I think, I don't think he would have left, but Rafa tried to buy Gareth Barry, didn't he, the season yeah. before? Um, which was, in hindsight, a terrible error. Um, and the start of Rafa's downfall, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, But, yeah, I, I mean, I think... I think Shabby
1: that started, um, Ben, when Shabby didn't want to travel to Milan, did he? Because his wife or girlfriend was having a baby and, you know yeah. what Rafa was like. He, you know, we pay your ways as you work for us. I tell you yeah, what to exactly, do, and yeah. I think that yeah. was the start of it. But yeah. I agree with you when when the when the when the rumours about Gareth Barry were coming in to replace him. You know, I know he's he's, he's had a lot of um. He's one of the top, um, mm-hmm. Premier League appearance holders, right. but replace Gareth Barry to Alonso. It'd be like buying a mini. To, for I was going calling. to say, Pete,
2: it's like trying yeah. to get me off the podcast and get me dad in. <laughs> <laughs> on,
0: oh, me well, yeah, well, on that note, which I'll, I'll be passing this on to Ben Senior to listen to, and that's you, that's your Christmas present for next season, gone Ben. Anyway, we'll finish <laughs> this edition of the LFC Red Poets Podcast Lay Flag. I'd like to thank Pete and Ben for joining me tonight, and as you always do, i finish up these podcasts by saying You'll never walk alone. Don't buy the sun. and justice for the 97. Until next time, goodbye.